Well, folks, it's a nice little midweek Pod. Nothing brain-breaking here. No CIA psyops to talk about. No uh, healthcare uh, stump speeches. Just uh, good, fun pickups and interesting tidbits for the week. Uh, and then I'll close out the episode with the epidemic of Satan worship. It's the Stazapod. Let's go. Well, very good news out there. Um, it is not sort of uh, totally out there in the ether to the general public, but to uh, patrons of a certain creator, it's been announced that Dan from Toy Galaxy has gone full-time. Now, producer Greg was able to go full-time uh, a while back due to the success of the channel, but now Dan has made the great leap, and he's able to focus all of his life energies on Toy Galaxy and making that channel and the content great. Uh, I've been a fan and a patron of Dan for a very long time. Uh, I have said on multiple occasions, I think that Toy Galaxy did all the things that Toy Pizza sort of did too early or did poorly. I really think Toy Galaxy figured out and made it work. Um, and, you know, I, I'm just, I'm tickled pink that uh, those guys are still around and that they can now take that leap that I did. Um, when did I go full time with this? A little more than a year ago, right? So um, I bring this up because I'm sure we have multiple crossover patrons, right? I, I would imagine a handful of you guys probably also are patrons of Dan's as well as some other independent content creators. And I got to tell you, uh, this is because of you guys. You know, he is able to do this in part because of the wonderful foundation that his Patreon supporters have given him. Uh, now, obviously, he's doing great on YouTube. He's had some really juicy um, sponsors. Uh, I remember he did a Dr. Pepper Spider-Man can uh, live read, like... Th those are all really good, healthy indicators of a creator's ability to monetize and, and get out there, if that's your thing. But I think it's important to sort of take a breath and understand that, you know, Dan's success and my success and the other independent creators out there, it's because of you guys and you choosing to kick a dollar or five dollars or $30 or whatever it is a month to people like myself and Dan. It is making a profound difference in not only the sort of, you know, genuinely, genuinely interesting content, but that content that's produced without oversight, without corporate uh, overlords, without having to answer to anybody. And uh, it's also sort of, you know, as I always say, it's a counterbalance to really the manufactured slop that is most of the media. I. I had a rare evening for me, and I sat down and scrolled through Netflix, and I can't believe the, the glut of content that is just nonsensical. It, it's, does anybody else have this experience of just scrolling endlessly and thinking like, I don't really want to watch a documentary about uh, cake making. I don't really want to watch Nicolas Cage say the F word. Um, not that 
it's perfectly fine to watch him say that in a movie. It's a television series about Nicolas Cage saying the F word, a documentary, if you will. Um, it is just really a smooth brain buffet for simpletons, let's be honest. Um, so when I go on Netflix and I see what it's devolved into and the fact that there are more TV series and television shows than any of us could ever watch, um, it's nice to see something like Dan's Ascension and know that, you know, there's a means for people like him to kind of survive. And, uh, you know, everybody's very excited about the Snyder Cut. Uh, I'm very excited about Dan being able to do this. And I think, um, you know, there are sort of two options for things you can watch. You can watch the Snyder Cut or you can watch an episode of Toy Galaxy. And I would prefer a world where there's more things like Toy Galaxy out there and less things like the Snyder Cut. Which, don't get me wrong, I'm still going to watch. I'm going to have a laugh. I understand it's 14 hours long. Um, I will, you know, I look forward to consuming that as well. But in any case, this sort of grand project of, you know, just sharing a community that believes toys are great and action figures are fun, it's grown a little bit bigger with this news of Dan. And uh, you guys are to thank for that. And if you get a nice warm feeling from doing that, consider going out there and supporting more independent creators, either through their own sort of websites or through uh, Patreon or however they may accept funding. For me, every time something like this happens, every time there's a success story and I am a contributor in a small way to what they are doing, um, it makes me feel, you know, elated. Everything I watch on Netflix just makes me feel empty and dead. Every Toy Galaxy video I watch just makes me feel like I'm a tiny part of this very cool thing. And news like this, I think, is always great. Hey, here's some more good news. Turbo Atoll, Chapter 3, done. Locked. Ready. It is with the editor as we speak. He's doing a read-through. He's going to format it, and then it's off to the printer. Um, we've had... It's been quite an adventurous two weeks with Turbo Atoll. Uh, sad to say, J.B. Rowe has parted Chapter 5 through no fault of his own, through my own fault. Uh, I came to realize that Chapter 5 was underwritten in certain places, and it truly needed another coat. I needed to just put everything on pause, go back, make it right. So he has other commitments. I'm not going to hold him back. Happy for him to uh, go his own way. Hopefully he'll come back, maybe do a cover, maybe do a pinup. Uh, we have not seen the last of J.B. Rowe and Knights of the Slice, thankfully. So thank you for your time, J.B. Uh, the Nobby Wood has agreed to extend his uh, purview, if you will, of Chapter 4 into Chapter 5. And in all honesty, I'm just going to blend them together and we're going to call Turbo Atoll a story told in four chapters. So where the sort of break, the uh, page break was between Chapter 4 and Chapter 5 doesn't really exist. It was sort of an artificial border anyway. And the Nobby Wood will be going in and uh, 
finishing out the rest of the book after I get the last little bits rewritten, which I think uh, is all but done. That being said, Gavin has put together, I think, some of the finest pages of his career with Chapter 3. This is arguably the most important part of the Turbo Atoll story. It's much longer than the previous issues. I think it clocks in at 22 pages. And there is a lot that happens. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of excitement. A lot of character development. A lot of reveals. And, um, you know, I am super excited to get this printed. Uh, What this probably means timing-wise is that in April, uh, we will probably have our third Turbo Atoll sale um, that will have characters that are tied to Chapter 3 and uh, will generally be a lot of fun. Um, Unclear yet whether you will be able to pre-order Chapter 3 or if timing works out, you'll just be able to sort of buy it day of and it'll ship out with your orders. I will get back to you on that. There is something worth noting with Chapter 3. I consider all of the comics I do to be intended for mature audiences. It is particularly acute for chapter three. I'm going to add labels to the back cover and the table of contents that reinforces this. Um, You know, I know we have younger sort of patrons and readers, and I know a lot of you guys like sharing with your kids some of the comics and things like that. This one, I would say probably keep it ages 18 and older. Hell, let's say 30 and older. That being said, super excited to round the final lap, if you will, on Turbo Atoll. Uh, I feel even more enthusiastic. While I am sad to lose JB, I'm enthusiastic about merging the two chapters and getting Nobby Wood extended. By the way, in our last segment, we talked about supporting independent creators on Patreon. The Nobby Wood is on there. Good guy to throw a buck or two. Uh, his way each month. So um, go and do that. It's a good deed. Before we get to Turbo Atoll and the next store drop, store drop number three for TA, uh, we are going to Mars. Now there's been a couple teasers on Patreon about this. Uh, I will have a pre-order up pretty soon. I think we're looking at the last day of March as our next live store drop. Uh, Hopefully we can put a Patreon pre-order up In the relatively near future, maybe by the time you hear this, it's already up, can't say, but these are uh, a series of figures themed to Mars. There's an important backstory that I posted on Patreon showing the artwork of Rex on Mars, which takes place, I mean, doesn't take place, but I did the artwork back in 2004, Um, and it's, you know, it's an important piece of Rex's story, and this is a collection I wanted to get to for a very long time. Some of these components have been sitting in the workshop for almost close to two years, which is pretty astounding. Uh, But this is going to be a fun one. There is also going to be a sort of army builder slash random part bag. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet, but a lot of good build pieces for people that are interested in such malarkey. So as it stands now, end of March, we go to Mars. And then in April, we're back at Turbo Atoll for Chapter 3. And then depending on when Chapter 4 is ready, I think uh, we could be closing out the summer with uh, Turbo Atoll Story, which sets us up for whatever comes next 
And I got to tell you, I did not know what comes next until yesterday. I had an epiphany, and I think I know where the story goes from there. Now, unfortunately, not all the characters will be joining us from Turbo Atoll. Some of them may not survive Turbo Atoll. And so uh, it is up to those left over to continue on with the story, and I think I know where I want to go, and it's a pretty exciting chapter. One final note, I have upgraded my musical equipment quite a bit. This is a silly fascination of mine that really kicked into overdrive during the pandemic. I started buying musical instruments from Goodwill, and I've put together quite an ensemble. Uh, I do not know how to play music. I have no formal training in music. I'm not even that good at it, but I have decided to uh, life hack my way into making music. And I'm having <laughs> a lot of fun and maybe just a tiny amount of success. Um, it is good, I think, to be willing to publicly embarrass yourself with anything. And that's what this uh, music exercise has been. It's constant public embarrassment, but uh, I'm having a blast. And maybe one day I get to the point where I can string together enough cohesion of sounds to... Uh, you know, have a song download or something like that. Maybe have a soundtrack to uh, one of Kenneth West's great stop-motion animation videos or a teaser for Knights of the Slice or something. We'll see. But in any case, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. The most recent addition to the uh, orchestra is a vintage Korg. It's a beautiful, beautiful synthesizer and um, has wood paneling. It looks like... Just a gorgeous control panel from Star Wars or Star Trek. Um, so, if you like that sort of stuff, I think the uh, next livestream drop may have some musical accoutrement. I actually went back to New York City. Can you believe it? Haven't been there since last year probably been about a year since my last visit. Um, I had a wonderful time. The weather is nice now. It's always better to be in New York City when it is uh, not freezing and not a wind tunnel, that's for sure. But I had such a, a perfectly New York City day. Um, <laughs> it started by uh, going to Book Off, which is a fantastic, um, it's a Japanese chain, secondhand goods. They sell a lot of action figures there, a lot of manga, a lot of CDs, DVDs, really fun place to visit. They, they've, uh, in recent years, sort of rehauled the store so that collectibles and toys are a bigger feature of it. And with the loss of places like, say, Mark's Comics, there's not a ton of places for guys like me to have a good time. So I was very much looking forward to that. Uh, for those curious, I wear two masks and gloves when I'm in a place like this, and, um, uh, didn't really find anything all that great at Book Off. I've had some pretty amazing scores of vintage toys that were super cheap and in the box. This one was, you know, mediocre. Uh, got a blue Maverick X-Men Toy Biz figure, um, couple doodads, things like that. Nothing, uh, terribly exciting, but a fun process to kind of, you know, look at all the toys on the shelves. Uh, apparently I missed one of, uh, our favorite patrons 
and uh, Squires of the Slice, who had just randomly visited there. I found out after the fact. Very funny. But I left Book Off, and uh, I thought to myself, well, I went in there in part to look at their audio equipment, see if I needed, like, some uh, microphone jack adapters. Um, They didn't have anything like that. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll look on my phone and see if there's an audio store somewhere nearby. Sure enough, there was one literally a few steps away. That is a sort of beautiful, magical thing about New York City. It's simultaneously one of the most inconvenient and convenient places to live. Um, So, was able to check that off the list. Off to a great start. The sun is out. I have a, uh, a reasonable snack bar in my pocket and a green tea. What else do you need? Uh, so I start walking all the way from Times Square back to my apartment way, way downtown. A couple mile walk, but it's nice out. I got my headphones in. It's a fun time. And then, about halfway in my journey, um, there's a block where there's a lot of illegal vendors with tables set up just hawking goods. And what do I see? I see a box of Marvel Vintage Trading Cards. Series 3, which, you know, doesn't have quite the heat on it right now as Series 1 or 2, but it's still, a, you know, a, a pretty odd occurrence. This is another sort of phenomenon of New York City. It can interpret and anticipate what it is the person walking through New York City is seeking. Now, I've been thinking a lot about cards lately and how much I loved them as a kid, and I've been digging up my old binders and just having a, you know, a a fun deep dive into a hobby that I really was consumed with as a kid. And sure enough, this manifests in front of me, price $5 a pack. That's, you know, hefty, but certainly well under what the secondary market is doing. So I give the guy a 20, get four packs, and I just had to laugh that, you know, of course, I'm just walking down a block and right in front of me pops out a box of vintage Marvel cards. I should have bought the whole box, um, but, you know, I want other people to have that same encounter I did. And um, there is a video on demand on Twitch right now of me opening those four packs. You can go watch it. Uh, I'm not going to spoil what was in the packs. But, um just one of those fun days. It almost, almost made me miss living full-time in New York City, but uh, I think it's it's a better place for richer and younger people than myself. I like the solitude. Uh, I like the sound of the brook babbling, and I like the smell of the trees and the seclusion that life on the mountainside brings me. But here's to you, New York City. I give you four stars out of five. I can't believe I got done recording the podcast and I forgot to talk about the one thing I wanted to talk about. So I'm recording this post-publication, but I'll sneak it in there. No problem. I wanted to talk about the Hasbro quote-unquote Marvel Legends three and three-quarter inch action figures, of which I have now completed a set of the first wave. Um, Initially, these figures did not appeal to me, and I'm actually kind of torn in my ultimate judgment on this toy line. Um, At the urging of Josh Guerra, I did pick one up. I found Black Panther on store shelves, got the figure. It's okay. 
then during my, my miraculous NYC trip, I came across every single figure from that wave that I didn't have, which uh, to my understanding is Captain America, Hulk, Human Torch, Spider-Man, Magneto, and Iron Man. Uh, so now I have all of them. I've spent about in excess of $80 for uh, figures of characters I own many times over in the same format with much better articulation, paint apps, things like that. Um, I don't know where to begin here. I'm not uh, mad. I'm happy I found these figures. I think some of them are actually sublimely great. The Human Torch, which has kind of a translucent ABS uh, torso and translucent PVC arms and then additional glued on flame effects in a nice bright yellow uh, really quite a stunning figure very well done nice engineering nice uh, color picks um, you know the this sort of quality of each of the figures varies wildly but I do really enjoy this human torch I think it's pretty great um, I think the thing that's kind of stuck in my craw that I can't get over is that just last year there were there was a line of dollar Marvel figures with the same articulation scre- scheme more or less at the same size in a just a poly bag for literally a dollar. So these ran me like twelve dollars ninety six cents at Target. Um, uh, uh, fundamentally, these are costing the same thing as those dollar store figures. I think that's kind of the the issue I have a hard part a, a hard time getting over is that $13 for this figure is highway robbery. And look, I charge a lot of money for my figures. I, I make very expensive toys, but at least you know, in my reality, I'm doing incredibly microscopic runs. These are tiny tiny qualities, low hundreds compared to you know, I'm guessing a minimum of five to 10,000 units for a line that's covered in uh, Target. And that might even be per style of figure. So I could imagine, uh, you know, doing a loop in, of toy stores and checking out what's new, going into a dollar store, finding the dollar Marvel figures, paying a dollar for them, and then going over to Target and finding these carded Marvel figures, which are 12 to 13 times more expensive for fundamentally the same amount of plastic. That's a tough one to swallow. Um, the other thing that I think is a huge missed opportunity here is that they have very smartly patterned these off of older sort of 80s, maybe even late 70s um, versions of the characters. I think that's great. I'm excited to have an Iron Man that looks like the Iron Man when I started reading the comic back in the day you know, with the sort of uh, little discs on his hips. Uh, I like that. You know, I like the aesthetic choices of this line. What's kind of puzzling is why they didn't just label this Secret Wars. Why why call something else Marvel Legends? Unless maybe that helps extend your trademark into, I don't know, it doesn't seem like a different category. Maybe there's some legal reason why you don't. But uh, if you're going retro with the look of these figures and you're appealing to guys like me, that bought the original Secret Wars figures, why not just go full hog and call this a Secret Wars line and pattern these figures off of their appearance there? Uh, I think that, you know, you can pretty much cover all the interesting characters in Marvel utilizing that branding. And uh, 
you're kind of, you know, going off of the, the same visual language of it anyway. Now, when I talk about symmetry in 3D toy design and it being the enemy of good design, it's pretty apparent on these figures here. These are just mirrored, you know, a sculptor is creating one side of the figure and the other side is mirroring the, that sculpting and filling in automatically. It's very apparent here. There's, you know, an uncanny amount of symmetry to uh, the majority of pieces that are in this. And I think when what you're selling is, you know, a $13 uh, Kenner style figure, you can get really intense with the sculpt. And I'll actually, I'm gonna dig out and post some photos of a similarly articulated Captain America figure from MCU that I love, that I think is a beautiful sculpt with lots of detailing and scaling on the armor. And um, it just, it shines so much brighter than this figure here. They all have a sort of hexed shape uh, hole on their back, although I do not believe that all of them can utilize there's no like accessories outside of capes that they can utilize uh, for these figures. Captain America also has, in my opinion, a criminally undersized shield that looks more like a buckler, but in the Dark Souls universe, that would be very handy for parrying. I do give the line a lot of credit for the um, twists at the elbows. I'm not sure why they didn't add the twist at the boots because the majority of these figures are actually, uh, well, some of them are, are cut at the boot as well. Um, I do like the softer material for the hands that ensures there's going to be no breakage and they can kind of grip everything. Uh, there's nice little flourishes like that. Um, paint seems to be a little bit of an issue. Mostly it's tight, but there's a couple oversprays that uh, probably just needed a little tweaking in the quality control department. Uh, the Hulk is also a nice figure for this line, a good standout. His hair is sort of a separate sculpted piece, which gives it nice definition. And uh, he has this big mammoth open paw that you can easily put around figures' necks or entire heads. And he just has kind of a, a fun heft to him. He's a big, thick boy, uh, you know, would look right on the shelf uh, next to Hackerman or Raddick. The Spider-Man is also pretty cool. Um, you know, to me, it's, it's kind of Ditko era. Uh, he's making his thwip finger motions. Just throwing in a simple, simple accessory, like a, uh, you know, a, a sort of piece of gray string or a molded, uh, you know, shot web would have gone a long way and added a lot of value here. I'm not entirely sure why they didn't do this. Um, to me, the thrust of this line is probably about chipping away at Super 7's space in the aisles. Maybe I'm, I'm totally, you know, pulling that out of my ass. Maybe Super 7 and Hasbro get along great. But uh, this seems like it's falling in the footprints of the really tremendous sort of offering that Brian has built with Reaction over several years. This seems like a reaction to that reaction. Um, and uh, I just think with tiny little embellishments, this could be a really promising, really winning line. And maybe it'll get there. Um, now, of course, I do realize I'm a complete hypocrite for saying all these critical things and having bought the entire wave and probably let's be honest i will continue to buy these figures i just love the three and three quarter inch scale but i do think this falls you know slightly short of the potential for this can you imagine if you know in an alternate universe like me and dowdy got the license for marvel how our figures would look they'd probably be pretty close to this 
with just a couple more thoughtful tweaks and, you know, obviously Goliath's compatibility. And that would be a line to remember. Um, these are, you know, modestly interesting. I'm glad they're there. I like anything that's sort of three and three quarter inch. But, um, damn, next time Hasbro, hire me. <laughs> just kidding, I know I'm on the blacklist. Now, all that aside, really why I'm bringing this up is I want to hear from you guys if you think this is a good line, if you found any, um, if you hate this line, if you refuse to buy any. Am I completely missing the point here? Am I off base? Um, this is a good one for you all to chime in on. So look forward to hearing that from you in the comments. So that's all, folks. No big drama today. Nothing terrible in the news to report. Well, there is terrible stuff in the news to report. I'm not going to report on it. Uh, just a nice, fun, light mini-episode of the Stazapod. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I've been very reflective lately, especially with Dan's success, uh, that I am in a very uh, privileged position thanks to you guys. It means a lot to me that I get to focus on this full-time and you all are contributing directly to that. So don't sell yourselves short. My success is because of all of you backing it. Um, I will continue to make weird uh, Desert Island toys. Not really Desert Island. Misfit Island toys for you guys. And I'll continue to make comic books and uh, tell stories, do cartoons, as long as you want to read them, consume them, and buy them. So... Thank you very much for your support. Um, welcome to the club, Dan Larson. And the only thing left to say is pizza out. Mm-hmm.